and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Ian Hogland. Ian is the drummer for the rock band Europe. He joined the band following their second album, right before their third album, which was, you guessed it, The Final Countdown. It's great timing. He talks about how he joined the band. He also talks about that iconic song, just a whirlwind the band was on following the release of The Final Countdown, and of course, typical rock star fashion, the crazy stuff they did while they are on tour. We talk about the follow-up, Out of This World, working with Ron Nevison, who produced a ton of great people, Heart, Survivor, to name a few. We talk about my favorite album a little bit, Prisoners in Paradise, that came out in 1991. It really didn't have that much success, because you guessed it, it came out in 1991. We talk about their most recent album, 2017's Walk the Earth. Talk about what the band is up to these days, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with you. So, Ian, thanks uh, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, we're almost approaching two years now with this pandemic and what's, what's it been like for you and the band? It's for me personally, it's been like a total vacuum. I think it's, uh, uh, it's like being deprived of your personality. I mean, um, I mean, for me, it's, I, I, I live when I, when I perform, when I play my drums. Right. So it's, uh, but I'm, I guess it's the same for basically all, all musicians in the world. It's been the same kind of thing, but it's uh, at the same time, I had a lot of time to, to uh, you know, I work as a radio DJ myself in, in, in Stockholm in Sweden. Right. And uh, so, so I've been focusing on, on, on that work and also more time with my family and my dogs and, you know, uh, all that. So, so it's, it's all good in a way, but I, I sure miss playing like, uh, like hell. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, record sales now is not, you know, even anything for bands now it's always about you know going live shows and that's been pretty much taken away a lot i mean you know bands are slowly right. coming back a lot of them had to postpone two three four times already have you guys had to do any of that do you have shows that were canceled yeah yeah we were we were um, um we had a, a tour with um uh, planned in, in the states oh, with okay. um with uh foreigner and kansas okay and that was uh, that was postponed and then uh, it was canceled uh, right. in the end, so that was sort of fell fell off. And then um, we were supposed to do this tour with um, with uh, White Snake, um, and that also got po- postponed. So we're supposed to do that uh, this upcoming summer, uh, if it's if it's going to happen. I, I mean, I I don't really dare to 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 have too high hopes, you know. Right. Was that just in? Uh overseas or is that coming into the states as well that's where uh no it was it, it was basically here in, in europe and okay. scandinavia and in england yeah so um we were supposed to do or we are supposed to do uh um i think it's about close to 20 shows oh nice and um yeah and also a couple of uh, festivals um um you know like um yeah on the on days off we're going to right. do some other festivals and other shows yeah. but basically basically we're we're uh, that tour is um, you know supporting white snake on their on their um, um, farewell tour right as it is as yeah. it's supposed to be yeah right 
do you have any uh, plans to try to come back to the States? I know that tour didn't work out with uh, Farner and Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I know the management is, is um, on the case all the time and trying to, you know, put something together. But we, uh, uh, as for now, there's no, uh, nothing is sort of um, decided yet, but right. we're, 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 we're open for it. And we obviously we want to go to the States and tour because it's, uh, you know, um, it's a great market and we need to, we need to work really hard. Uh, in the states, we haven't. Uh, I don't think we have spent far from enough time to 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 build the right momentum that we have uh, had in, in in Europe. It's it's uh, it's always been a bit, you know. Uh, the states have have always been second second uh, hand for some right. weird reason, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, and it's you're bringing up to a great point now. Uh, walk walk the earth. Which is a fantastic yeah, yeah. album that came out, I guess, almost five oh, years you. ago now. Uh, I love the title right. track; it's fantastic. That should have been a yeah. huge hit in the states, and oh, yeah. you yeah. have to like really dig deep to find it. And it's it's a shame because that would have had you guys right. huge again with, with that album. Yeah.
I think so too. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a great album, and we we had the opportunity to record it at the uh, Abbey Road Studios, the, the the legendary Beatles Pink Floyd studio. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great fun. It was you know like recording in in a museum or something uh, or in, in a church. Yeah. It felt like a holy holy ground. You know when you got went into the studio and you right. you you you, ha- you 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 got the chance to to use the old um, you know the the all the stuff that 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 you know that Pink Floyd and and, and the Beatles right. used to record through and and so it was it was uh, all the time you had a, a sense of 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 the uh, you just felt humble to to be able to be there in that you know environment right. and to be able to work there and create so yeah it was it was great and it was a creative uh, process with with Dave Cobb the producer uh, we did a lot of the work in the studio actually yeah. we had the, the the songs were more or less ideas when we went into yeah. the studio which is kind of um, um, not the way we're used to work with right. um, re- before re- prior to record an album we we usually or back in the day we we used to to make uh, pretty much ready demos and um, had the song almost together. And then we went into the studio and recorded it Right with Dave Cobb. He's, he's much more of a, you know, spur of the moment kind of guy. You know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to hear any, any ready songs, he, <laughs> you know, oh, play me a riff and let's see where, where it's, where it's yeah. going. You know? So that's how it came around. Uh, and it turned out really good. I think uh, uh, this time around with, with uh, Walk the Earth. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely did. Now, was that kind of like at first, like, you know, kind of having just an idea and doing it all together? Did that take a while just to get used to that that kind of process? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first, um, we worked with Dave Cobb on the album before, uh, World Kings as well. And when we, uh, before we went into the studio, we we sent uh, Dave, you know, the, the, the regular kind of demos that we right. were used to making, you know, with the ready songs. And he just, no, I don't, I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear the yeah. demos. Uh, why not? And it's like, no, 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 let, let, we'll make, you know, we'll find a way in the studio. Yeah. So, so it, we, we were not used to do that because we were, that's the way, exactly the opposite way we, we used to work yeah. from the first album till up till that point, you know, right. we, we usually have a, a very, uh, well, 85 90 percent uh, ready song when we go into the studio so when we recorded world kings we felt really uh, kind of insecure you know to okay what is this going to be you know we, he just want to break down he want to break down every song uh, into you know just pick out a, a riff and see where it leads and but again we we um it, it worked out very good and and we um so i think we had a, a much higher um you know, uh, um, we trust ha- yeah. had a higher level of trust right. to uh, to the process when we when we went into the Walk the Earth album. Right now, like obviously now you can do so many things remotely. You can record, you know, communicate like like what we're doing now. Have you guys yeah. like gone that process of like you know you sending some you know tracks to Joey and you know vice versa? Have you guys done that, or is everything just? Yeah. We're all together yeah. in like Abbey Road, you know, recording together. We love doing that the the old way, you know, just yeah. to, to meet up together and, and and in the rehearsal room and just uh, throw ideas and uh, 
do jams and stuff. But uh, we, I know we, we a lot of a lot of the songs, both on on War Kings and uh, Walk the Earth, uh, has been that kind of process. You know, where you're sending uh, sound files back and forth, right. and and you know, swapping ideas that yeah. way, which is good because it becomes like a shortcut instead of having to uh, wait until you hook up uh, in, in person. You can. You know, deal with a with a creative process online. Um, yeah. So that's good. That's good. Right. Yeah. So going back a few years, you know, the band, you know, had su- some su- success. You know, in Sweden, like in uh, Japan, when you, uh, re- you know, joined or joined the band and you know tr- uh, tried out for it. What was like the audition process like for you? And like, did you know the band's music prior to joining? Well, yeah, we. I knew the guys. I knew the guys uh, in the band uh, before they asked me to, 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 if I wanted to, to, to you know, make an right. audition or, or join. Yeah. So, because uh, I, I played with, a, with another local act uh, in my hometown, yeah. which was kind of uh, 20 minutes away from where the guys in Europe lived. So they, they knew about me as a drummer and, um, um, you know, what we what I was about sort of. And, and um, so I guess it, it was, um, well, they told me that the, the idea was to first ask me and to try me out and see if, 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 if it worked uh, or if I was interested or if not, uh, they were going to, you know, um, start an addition thing. So, uh, they, well, they called me up and, and asked me if, if, um, um, if I wanted to try, if I wanted to join the band, and I would say, yeah, sure, because yeah. I mean, already then Europe was the best or the biggest um, rock band in in, yeah. in in Sweden at the time, because uh, there weren't many, you know, like rock right. bands around. So uh, yeah, I jumped on the uh, on, on the offer and met up with the guys, and we had a jam session, and um, that was basically it. You know, they they. It took five minutes. To, they they walked away. Okay, let's right. uh, walk off and talk to each other here. So I was <laughs> sitting there, you know, alone in the rehearsal room, just watching. Yeah. Them. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I got the job, and and that's it. You know, it, it was really, really uncomplicated. It was really uh, just go on from there. Right. And did uh, was the production for um, the final accountant already begun, or was this prior to it? This was prior to, to the final countdown. We we uh, this was um, um, maybe half a year after um, after they released the second album, Wings of right. Tomorrow. Uh, so they had, I think they toured that album maybe half a year. Yeah. Uh, so I got in in the middle of the sort of the process with, yeah. with Wings of Tomorrow. So the first couple of tours was um, Wings of Tomorrow and the first album. And also a couple of uh, new songs that Joey had had written. Like uh, I think we played, I think we played "Rock the Night" and uh, "Danger on the Track." Mm-hmm. Uh, on the loose, we played. Um, so we had some new songs, right. but that was far from from the final countdown. That came basically two years yeah. later after I joined. Right, and that album. I mean, like my my favorite album, like top to bottom, is. Uh, the one came out in, in 91 prison in paradise. I think top, top right. to bottom, I think that's the best band uh, work 
unfortunately yeah you know, that was like you know right when grunge started and stuff like that but exactly. you, know, you know final countdown is like very top heavy you have those big four yeah. or five hits and you know they're, they're amazing songs you know we can start yeah. with the yeah. you know yeah. the final countdown did any of you in your wildest dreams imagine that he'd be playing now in like every sporting arena like <laughs> every game and just you know bands playing it like you know yeah. marching bands and just the, the, the legacy of that song
I know it's it's uh, uh, the final countdown is, has taken on a life of its own. You know, it's uh, uh, I, I guess every person more or less in the world, could, yeah. you know, would recognize the the fanfare and the song if they heard it, but they probably couldn't tell what the band, uh, right. who, who what the band was or who played in the band, <laughs> even you know, uh, more unlikely. But it's it is a, a, an amazing song because it's it's so. It's so universal. It it fits mm-hmm. into any of these sports events and and yeah. um, huge right. events. Yeah. But I, you know, I the, the, I've heard about um, very you know like varied places and 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 situations where where they played the final countdown. But the, the strangest place I've heard of was it was a guy who who went to to the Amazons and went to you know on a canoe. Through the through the you right. know on the on the on the river yeah. through the jungle and they stopped by at, at a little place you know or a little hut where they they could buy some water or drinks or whatever right and, he, and the guy there he had a transistor radio or tape recorder and he was playing the final countdown in the jungle <laughs> <laughs> the Amazonas jungle right so that was that was kind of interesting <laughs> right that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah the yeah, song was yeah. like yeah the song is number one over the world and unfortunately america we're always different that unfortunately went to number eight but your highest uh chart topping song was carrie and of course yeah, you know true. that's a ballad See no reason 
So you guys like enjoy putting ballads on there? I mean, or the record company kind of pressure you guys into doing that? I think I think you know, Europe has always been a very very dynamic uh, band in 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 the in the songwriting. Um, I think maybe I mean if you listen to the first Europe album, there are some songs like "The King Will Return" and right. Um, yeah, so, so some songs are softer, uh, but I guess with time, uh, as the aid is escalated. Um, you know the 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 power ballad came around and, and yeah. became more or less like a a thing to do. And I guess we we jumped a little bit on that on that um, bandwagon thing, you know, and and uh, did um, ballads maybe a bit more softer and 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 sappier than mm-hmm. than we would have done a couple of years earlier. But we, we basically Europe has always been very very um, dynamic, very melodic, hard songs, softer songs, and uh, but um, yeah. So I think it's a it's just an, uh, a natural kind of uh, thing for us, you know. Yeah. Now, could you? Because that's the album took off, and all those songs took off. Could you enjoy just a whirlwind from that success of that album? Did you, can you like appreciate at the time what was going on? No, no, it was everything was just skyrocketing. It happened, everything happened at once, everywhere, and we were just like yeah. flying back and right. forth uh, to different countries, doing promotion shows and tours, and uh, it was just a, it was just a, you know, a, a haze of of, of events, uh, and and so I, I I think for me personally, it wasn't until the mid nineties. That I started to realize how big the success had been and how much the the uh, the songs um, had meant to people around around the world. Because uh, um, I still, at that point of time, yeah. I still uh, got got like fan mail sent to me, and they were asking, "When are you guys going to play together again?" And and uh, you know, this song "Final Countdown" yeah. meant this and that for me, and so you. The more the time went on through the 90s, uh, you just felt that um, got more and more sort of um, in awe over, over the, the, the meaning of the songs for people mm-hmm. around the world and how much it had meant for people in, in different situations. Um, so it, that was quite remarkable. But at the time in the 80s, everything was mm-hmm. happening so fast, right. impossible to, to do anything really. Yeah. Do you have any good uh, like tour stories you can tell? Tour stories. Well, every every uh, every every story was it was you know swimming in the fountains outside the hotel just because because uh, I wanted to and right. uh, when I when I got up all you know like wet or soaked went into the into the hotel lobby and realized that. It was a ho- the, the wrong hotel, and we went to took the the limo to the next hotel, and, I, right. and there was a fountain outside that hotel, so I had to bathe in that one as well. And <laughs> you know, we're just like crazy. Yeah, cra- we, we were like like babies because we could. Right. Uh, and back in those days, there were no 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 you know like uh, internet and and Facebook yeah. and uh, social uh, media. So you could basically get away with anything, yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, 
but we were we were like uh, little boys in in a, in a you know candy candy store <laughs> without any uh, parents or or anyone you know watching over us. We just went wild, you know. Right, yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, with the the hair, all, all you guys, amazing hair, all the hair bands. Um, how long did it take uh, you guys to you know do your hair for a show or a video? For me, it was kind of uh, I was it, it was kind of easy because I, I was it didn't matter to me because if if, if how no matter how much uh, you know the like hairspray yeah. shit I put in my hair after two songs because I sweated so Sweat much. So much. Yeah, yeah, everything was just like <laughs> yeah. laying down and, and dripping into my eyes, right. and it burnt like hell. Uh. So I, I actually try to avoid uh, too much of that hairspray, uh, yeah. uh, you know, madness. But I know Joey and and uh, John Levin, they use probably you know like a like a bottle of of hairspray yeah. for each each show, you know. But uh, yeah, it was madness, weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, weird hair and weird clothes, and yeah, well. Yeah. But that was the way it was supposed to be back then. <laughs> right. You contribute to the ozone layer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how much yeah. pressure was on the band for Out of This World, you know, the follow-up? I guess we, uh, uh, well, I didn't really in person, didn't uh, experience that experience it that much. But I know that Joey had a, right. had, had a lot of good advices from the, from the record company people and uh, you should try and write a song like this and that and do this and that because yeah. then it's going to sell you know uh, even more than the final right. countdown so yeah. so they they made they made it sound like put together a couple of uh, great songs and and um we're going to ship uh, 10 million albums of of the after this world no problem yeah so we were and i think we were naive enough to believe in in those kind of you know, record company uh, yeah. bullshit things. Um, we thought that people working at a record company actually knew this stuff. Of course, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah, Joey had a lot of pressure on him uh, yeah. to, to write new songs. But also we had, uh, we had um, well, Key Marcelli joined the band right. uh, prior to, to Out of This World, the um, writing songs and, and recording that album. And he had a lot of song song ideas as well so it was a totally new situation for joey because earlier earlier on it was basically joey and 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 mick came up with well some of the stuff for for right. carrie so um, i know uh, that was a new uh, situation that joey had to deal with and that he didn't feel totally com comfortable with um having um key marcello coming up with ideas and and also we heard uh, afterwards that uh, our manager at the time, in order to key Marcel uh, to to accept the offer to to join Europe on on short notice, he said that well if you if you join the band, <clears throat> you will become part time uh, or part songwriter for, for the oh, wow. album. So he basically you know lied to to Key in order to yeah. get him to, to to join the band, and uh, so uh, Joey didn't know about that, and and it created a bit a, a bit of a friction sort of right oh. but i think it turned out i think that album turned out good uh, anyway great songs yeah but uh in my opinion the production is a little bit too much it's a little too digital it's a little bit too i don't know a little cold right um, i think yeah, yeah yeah but great songs oh yeah absolutely you know superstitious is you yeah. know fantastic songs keep on
And if a mirror should break, it's easy to take. Deep down, I know that you care. Well, I'm not superstitious. Superstitious I have no doubt That there's a reason How things turn out While things are changing From day to day Well I keep this feeling With me all the way And I want you to know That you're No superstition is gonna turn things around.
So wh- whose idea was it for Ron Nevison, who, you know, produced some amazing, you know, Survivor, Heart, uh, before? Yeah, I'm not sure who came up with that idea. We obviously we, we wanted to have um, some producer with a with a heavy name, obviously, yeah. like Bruce Fairbairn or, or right. Mott Lang or, or yeah. someone like that. But they were, you know, they were uh, not interested or, <laughs> or too occupied with okay. whatever. Uh, so in any way, we we um, we got the, the suggestion to 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 use Ron Everson and, and we you know, he, he thought like, he sounded like a, like a right guy because he, he, he'd been producing Thin Lizzy and UFO yeah. and, and many of the, of the, you know, Michael Schenker band, uh, Michael Schenker group and many of those and Kiss and Heart, as you said. And uh, so a lot of bands that we really mm-hmm. respected. And um, so we thought that, okay, we'll, we'll uh, go with him. Yeah. But he was, he was kind of, um, he was good at certain aspects. He was very good at at finding the you know the on the on the vo- vocal side you know the the melodies and and he was very good with the the vocals to, to put that together. But otherwise, I think he he was a little bit too um, stuck in the same kind of uh, effects, kind of reverbs and stuff that he used on 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 Kiss uh, Crazy right. Nights album and. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's Ultimate Sin and stuff. So um, he was a little bit, you know, uh, like, okay, this is a Ron Nevison production, so it's going to sound Ron Nevison. Yeah. Rather, rather than, okay, I'm Ron Nevison, I'm going to uh, try and make this mm-hmm. band sound as good as they can uh, from their point of view. Right. Uh, he, but I, then again, the 80s was like that. You know, the, yeah. you, you hired a producer in order to get the producer's sound which was kind yeah. of weird, but yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Was there ever like any, like, like friction between the band and him? Yeah. Uh, he was, he was kind of, he was kind of, um, I don't know, a little bit cranky at times. He, he was moody. He was moody. Yeah. I remember one, uh, one morning he, he, uh, he came to the studio. We were working, you know, like between 10 o'clock in the, uh, in the morning and uh, 10 till five in the afternoon we have the studio 24 hours right uh, but we're just working like six hours huh. because ron Everson yeah. just refused to work after five or six o'clock <laughs> okay. in the afternoon yeah and uh, not before 10 so we usually got to the studio before ron Everson and and stayed you know a couple of hours after yeah. we left uh, and did actually some recording on our own because right. key uh key marcella he, he was a record producer himself so he he had a good uh yeah. um he was good with the studio he, he knew everything all the technical stuff but in any way it was one one morning uh, when when i came to to the studio and i i saw you know in, in london we recorded the the album in london and in london when when you uh, you don't get a parking ticket well you get a parking ticket yeah. but you also get a clamp on the, oh, on the, the tire yeah on, on the yeah on the tire so you can't actually move the right yeah they, 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 here too. <laughs> they, yeah so you have to, to pay the you know whatever yeah uh money uh, otherwise you you know get stuck with the car on the, on the street <laughs> right and um so he had um i came after uh, ron everson came to the studio before me and then when i saw his car, car outside the studio i thought maybe i should just 
put a trick on him and and and, and fool him. So right. I came into the studio and I said, uh, I saw this uh, jaguar standing outside the studio because I knew he had a, yeah. a jaguar. Jaguar. Uh, it was clamped. <laughs> Poor guy, and he and he was like, what? What? <laughs> did they did they clamp my my car? And then we started started laughing. And, right. You know, I just fool. I just fooled him. And yeah. he was like, what the fuck? He was real cranky and <laughs> he got mad on me because of that. So, uh, so he, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a soft guy like that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why. Probably had his reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And then yeah. Prisoner, I mentioned before, Prisoner's Paradise, in Paradise, which I absolutely love. I mean, that album should have been released probably a year before because that would have been a lot exactly. more successful because the whole music yeah, landscape right. changed, uh, unfortunately, because that really got like no play in the States here. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was the the, the, the plan. The, the album, we when we uh, started uh, recording the album, the plan was to, we actually wanted to hire um, a theater and a mobile studio as, as, as they had back in then, back in that time. And and record the album live in in a like a without audience right in in in, in theater, uh, and we um, we because we wanted to to loosen up and and open up and become a like a live rock band yeah on the studio album, uh, but uh, obviously the, the record company didn't like the idea they they thought we should do it in in L.A. in, in at the Enterprise Studios in Burbank, and. Um, so that's where we ended up uh, doing the album, and uh, we we had picked out, I think it was ten or twelve, I think probably twelve songs yeah. that we um, uh, decided to record together with a and R guy at, at the rec- record company because he was working kind of close to us, and, and and he was he was there in the creative process. So we went into the studio and we recorded the whole album and, and did started doing the mixes and um when the time came for the record company well we, we were supposed to play the songs for the yeah. record company had, had like, like a listening party and then we realized that the guy that we've been working with uh the a and r guy he had he'd been fired uh together with all the other people that actually worked right. with or for europe for the europe project so in comes a bunch of new young guys who doesn't really give a shit about Europe and uh, because it's, it's like a, yeah. a heritage uh, project. Right. They, they, they were just like, okay, so what, what is this? Who what, you yeah. know, totally, they didn't give a fuck. So they sat, sat down and they listened to the songs and, and they said, well, I don't know. We, we, we don't hear any hits. Uh, you have to write, you have to write yeah. songs. And at, at that time, that point of time, we were we were so ready to just release the album because it was the yeah. songs that we had decided on, and all of a right. sudden it was like, you know, punching a needle on in, into a balloon. It just like went yeah. went up. So we had to go go back into the creative process of writing new songs for at least six or eight months, wow. and start recording those songs. Yeah. Uh, so the album was delayed. Um, well over a year uh, and i think that that as you said it, i think that killed the album because yeah. uh, during um uh, because during uh that time uh nirvana had, right, came around and, and basically yeah. stabbed the 80s to the to, to death <laughs> right in the back <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 So was that kind of like writing on the wall for the band to kind of like take a hiatus then the following year? Yeah, it was. Uh, we we uh, basically had uh, well before that we had some problem with the with the earlier management and we had some problem with the uh, you know like uh, tax authorities in Sweden and stuff because we moved away from Sweden and and they wouldn't accept it. Uh, right. They they um, you know they they basically wanted us to even though we didn't uh, live in Sweden we right. we were supposed to pay tax in Sweden so of course but I think everything was very very uh, poorly handled from our management than yeah. management uh, right so um, it, we had it coming but in any way uh, a lot of there were a lot of different things that added up uh, problems with the with the management and we've been touring quite heavily for quite some time and we were a bit tired and torn and and also mm-hmm. this the situation with the record company and and uh, uh, the new people that didn't actually believe and didn't give a shit about the album yeah. didn't make it even any any better. So we we uh, I think we felt like th- now is a good time to just uh, pull the pull the brake and and just uh, mm-hmm. take a breather and see where it leads to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But it, like all, at least all you guys like left on good terms though. There wasn't like any animosity yeah. for the yeah, band, we, right? So that's good. Yeah. No, we never, we never, never been. Uh, there's never been a situation where where any anyone. There's never been any uh, physical fist fights or anything <laughs> right. like that. Or, yeah. Uh, or so I, I think we're in that sense. Europe is a, a very co- sort of nice band. We're nice to each other. Yeah. And try to solve the conflicts uh, on a more. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah. Using words rather than fists, right? Exactly, a diplomatic way, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So how um how did you guys decide to like reunite then? Well, that that was um, um we had a request from from um, from a concert promoter in Sweden uh, uh, to do this Millennium show. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it was like a huge party. It was going to be broadcasted all, all over the world. And uh, it's going to be. It was supposed to be a big, a big uh, millennium celebration thing in Stockholm. And uh, obviously, they wanted the final countdown and Europe to play the final countdown. So a very, um, a very rich media uh, guy in in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, he, he offered us uh, a humongous stack of cash to to, yeah. to, to perform that show. And we uh, we felt that okay we had we hadn't played together for eight or nine years at that time, and we thought that okay let's do it. it it's it's a good it's a good thing it's good pay yeah. and it's it's a, a you know a huge event and it's going to be seen by many. So we right. thought it was a good good uh, idea to to do that show and but we didn't actually have any we didn't have any further plans after that to to do anything. Uh, because Joey had his solo career going, he had recorded one or two solo albums, and I think he had a third one coming up. Yeah. So um, uh, the guys were some of the guys were really busy with other uh, other things, but I think definitely it was the the, the seed that was sown for for the um, upcoming reunion right. four years later. Yeah. Um, so we I think we since we had been away from each other for eight, nine years. And uh, once we uh, got together in the rehearsal, 
um, for this Millennium Show, we quite well we quickly realized that we still had the the, the chemistry with yeah. between us, and 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 um, it felt right. You know, it's um, it's weird that that sort of personal uh, the chemistry within a band either it's there or it's not. You know, right. you can't really you can't really force it. But so I think that that kind of uh, sparked the 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 thought of maybe do a reunion for real right later on yeah yeah Yeah. was it easy just picking up those songs like right off the bat again you mean the final like the older yeah 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 yeah, absolutely we i mean we uh, had uh, you could tell that we had developed as musicians in quite different directions right. um, with different influences and stuff like that. We, we, and we tuned, detuned, uh, the, you know, the guitars and yeah. to a lower, to a lower uh, key and stuff like that. Uh, uh, John Norm, he was very uh, inspired by, by, um, by Dimebag from, from Pantera and, and uh, Sack Wild from Oz's band yeah. and stuff like that. And, um, and Joey, he had his influences, and I had my, right. you know. So, but so, so I think that the songs, the the 80s songs, blended in very good with the with the newer songs that we had on the on the start from the dark album, right? Because um, I remember that that was one of the the things uh, people said when we played live at that they thought the the, the old stuff or uh, the old stuff yeah. worked well together with the new stuff, right? In in a in a natural way. Yeah. So I think it was, yeah, it was just uh, the way we played it um, um, at the time. We changed as musicians and developed different kind of styles. So that was the biggest, the biggest difference. But right. um, it worked well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And since then, you know, you, you've been on tour a lot. Now, how do you like determine your set list? Like, I know obviously there's mainstays yeah. of your set yeah. list. How many of the older songs are you like basically required to play before the fans will riot if they don't hear them? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's depending a little. Uh, if if we play like we, we're going to be, if we're going to be uh, opening up for like White Snake, for instance, right. we, we have like 45 minutes. Yeah. Then you have to um, pretty much play f- five, six songs uh, yeah. from, from The Final Countdown and, and Out of This World. And then. Right. So it's basically in those cases, maybe we managed to to play three or four newer songs and the yeah. rest older songs. But if right. we if we play um, a show, uh, uh, you know, headline show, and we play maybe for one uh, uh, an hour and a half, yeah. we probably play um, close to half of the set with the newer stuff, right? Uh, as well as the old stuff, yeah. And um, and if we are on tour on a headline tour, we tend to, you know, try different songs, yeah, one night and and just you know just swap around right. a little. But I would say maybe maybe fifty fifty when we do a headline tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, what's your favorite like song to play? Which one you absolutely can't stand, but you got to play it anyway. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, many people would say they would think that it's the final countdown but right. to me it's it's final countdown is always uh one of the favorite songs to play because you know the the people the the reactions of course the people's yeah. reaction is, is is always so overwhelming you know? right and the energy rush that you get from yeah that is, is is amazing 
And uh, I still think it's a fun song to play. And it's it's always, I shouldn't say a struggle, but you have to yeah. think about that kind of groove, you know, when you play it's 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 nothing that comes, you know, by itself yeah. like that. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's fun to play the final countdown. And, and of the older songs, maybe Carrie is the song that is, most boring because it's so you know yeah. just like you know ballady right. yeah for me but it's it's again uh that's one of the songs that people you know really uh seem to yeah you know go off on on, on when we play live right absolutely uh, yeah yeah so it's uh, uh and then the newer stuff is always more fun to play yeah. from, uh, from musicians kind of right. point of view but then again it's it's uh, you never get the same Reaction. Uh, reaction from the yeah from from the from the people but uh that's just a natural thing i guess yeah like i've always been one to like want to hear new music from my favorite bands because that you know they're still out there performing rather than just hear yeah. the same yeah. stuff on repeat yeah. over and over again but you know some people aren't like that you know so a good balance no. is you know yeah i think good yeah. Yeah, but right. yeah i think i i think i think we um i i, I tend to think about when i when i think about what songs would be good to play in the set list i always try to think as a as a fan from, right. from my own point of view if, if i if i were to go to, to see deep purple play live let's say mm. uh what songs would i want to hear um, well soon i'm soon going to be uh, stuck in a, a on a playlist with more of the more yeah. than half of the songs are are going to be you know old hits right and maybe one or two new songs so yeah. so I, I understand that, but um, th that's it's always it's always a struggle to try and yeah. and 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 uh, be you know not too artistic, but uh, and and also not too too commercially you know driven in in, in picking songs. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I hope to see yeah. you over in the states real soon. I appreciate your time today. Yeah. 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 Sure. It's been fun talking to you, Noel. And a special thanks to Ian for joining me today. You could check out the band's website, europetheband.com. You could also follow them on Twitter, at europetheband. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter, at the first nola 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically wherever you can find a podcast. New episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then.